Welcome, everybody, to Talking Fates, the Star Wars podcast where we discuss another Star Wars podcast, specifically Duel of the Fates, a podcast in nine parts based on the alleged Derek Connolly, Colin Trevorrow draft of the Star Wars Episode Nine script. I'm John Murray, co-host of Star Wars TV Talk, along with my TV Talk cohort, Zach Logan, and we are joined this week by Duel of the Fates voice talent, Shelby Handley, who plays Ray in this third episode of the limited run nine installment podcast. All right, Zach, take it away. Well, I just want to start by thanking Shelby for joining us this week. It is so nice to have you. No, thank you, guys. This is great. It's been great listening every week as well. Yeah, it's great that uh, Jamie's been able to queue up most of the cast. We've got you know more week over week that uh, we're we're getting to to meet and put a face to the name, and uh, it's it's just uh, really helping to to flesh out this production, how it all came together. So, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's I hope it's a treat for the listeners to be able to get a sense of kind of who you are and what you brought to the role of Ray. But let's not get ahead of ourselves, Zach. Uh, what, do, what do we want to know about our guest here? So my first question for Shelby is, were you a Star Wars fan before this production? I say that I was a Star Wars fan in the sense that uh, I watched the Star Wars films growing up. Um, you know, my dad really got me involved in them. So every time there was a rerun on on Sunday afternoon, we would sit and watch them on the Space Channel or wherever they were playing. Um, and so I really got to know the story and the characters that way. Uh, and then we went to go see all of the new movies in theaters together as well, uh, including the most recent one. So it was kind of fresh in my brain uh, when Jamie approached me about this project. Okay. So a fan, but you're not like a super nerd over it. No. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. Sometimes that's better. You can uh, bring a bit more of yourself to the performance if you're not maybe weighed down with kind of your understanding of the character from the movies. Right. What what does the character of Ray mean to you and what inspires you the most about her without giving away any spoilers from the remaining six parts? Of course. Um, I think that what I really love about Ray is how resilient she is. Um, and even in the films, we really have that she's this very like spunky, energetic character who has a chip on her shoulder, even though she doesn't even really know about what at times. And she's trying to figure all of that out, but she's a fighter and she has these beliefs that she holds on to so truly. And it doesn't matter what she's trying to learn and grow from. She still keeps those, that sort of belief system and her values always stay consistent. And so there's a lot to play with in that character, uh, even with what's already provided by uh, Daisy Ridley. When you were recording your dialogue was the guy who does Poe, was he recording with you so that you guys could play off each other? Or were you guys both in your own little vacuums? Um, so we did, we did record together, but okay. we weren't physically in the same room or anything like that. And we didn't actually use video either. So it was really just playing off of those vocal tones, which okay. was a very interesting exercise as an actor who is sure. always expressing <laughs> and emoting. Uh, so, so that was an interesting challenge, but it was very helpful. We did record, um, within the same uh, audio recording. Right. Okay. So you were able to at least play off each other. It kind of shows, cause there is a bit of a rhythm there. Like the, the yeah. way that the script reading kind of flows, it's very disjointed, right? It's a little bit of dialogue, <laughs> then a lot of stage direction, a little bit of dialogue. But I noticed that in a lot of these scenes where it's you and Poe kind of having this flirtatious, um, you know, sort of like, you know, you don't own me kind of situation where yeah. you guys are both kind of feeling out your relationship it certainly came across that you guys, you know, were, were genuinely interacting with each other. So I just wanted to make sure I was clear on how that came together. Cause yeah. otherwise you guys just did a great job and then they, <laughs> they paste it together in post. But um, yeah, you could tell that there was a, there was honestly some chemistry there. And um, 
Star Wars isn't really known for having the best romantic chemistry sometimes with its <laughs> its leads. So uh, it is kind of nice that that uh, aspect of this particular episode, I thought, came together really nicely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really like that as well. I think um, I was surprised when I sort of started to read that in the script initially mm-hmm. uh, because I didn't really get that initially from the, the other two films. Right. But as you go through it, it does it does click. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was working. Yeah. And was someone else listening on your uh, recording session? Like, was Jamie there kind of giving you director (laughs) notes and all that stuff? So it was that, um, I mean, not necessarily awkward, but was that something new? Have you ever done anything like that before where the director's not in the room with you, but kind of this, you don't even see their face. They're just kind of there. You just know they're a presence sort of there watching, judging. It's it's almost a little bit easier because I don't have to worry about him okay. staring at me. Oh. I know that he's looking at his camera recording and thinking, oh, okay, and watching. So it's it's actually a little bit freeing because mm-hmm. you don't have that physical pressure of them being in the room. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it is interesting. We recorded all of those scenes with Finn and Rose. We did all of those parts of the script all together um, mm-hmm. in the same audio track. So it was fun also to then get to hear everyone else's and bring that into your performance as well. Yeah, well, I mean, that's that's great because I, I recently did a voiceover thing and they, of course, ha- were on a Zoom call, couldn't see them. They had their cameras off, but they had <laughs> me, uh, you know, do all this stuff. And then, of course, like whenever I hear them, I almost feel worse because I couldn't see their face. So I didn't know what your perspective of that. I was just like, oh, you OK, I guess I really botched that one. So I got to do that again. But yeah, so. I'm glad that you felt that way and you felt comfortable because I, <laughs> yeah. I don't know how you did that. It doesn't always go that way. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So we've kind of talked about Poe and Ray and their relationship here. And you mentioned that you didn't really uh, pick up on that in the first two films. So how difficult was it to portray those feelings? Um, I think it was. And that's one thing I really like about um, this new script is it, it is, and again, without giving anything specific away, it, it is so much different um, from the movie that we got. So I think you, in a lot of ways, I was trying to approach this script as almost separate and having the backstory of the first two movies, but almost as its own piece entirely to sort of bring those stories together. So creating that was really just playing with the script and sort of recreating the emotions of those characters as felt appropriate. Yeah, especially if you've already seen Rise of Skywalker, you kind of have mm-hmm. to unlearn a yeah. bit about the character to yeah, create a fresh take on him. Yeah, exactly. So in the first part, when Ray is introduced, we have the description basically as being she's no longer this girl from Jakku, but this woman. So when you read this for the first time, what was your initial thoughts about Ray and where she was in her journey? Um, to me, even just uh, the, the description of her clothing, you know, she wears all white uh, in the first two films and the, the idea that she would show up in entirely black, something very um, almost ninja-esque, just this very uh, transient warrior who knows exactly how to handle her body and handle people around her, very controlled, which is funny because then as you uh, listen to the episodes and read through the script or whichever it is that you're doing, she still has moments where she is very unsure and sort of maintains that childlike petulance that she has sometimes, <laughs> even though she is this strong, mature woman, she is still trying to find her place or, or if she knows more of her place, she's at least trying to fight for it. Well, that's a solid answer. Yeah. <laughs> I like that take. 
so how was it to portray that like what you just said that she's in control and that she's more powerful than we ever have ever seen her obviously but at the same time she's still questioning like when Poe approaches her about the Jedi code she's like oh, well Jedi do this I think <laughs> right yeah, yeah exactly it, it was an interesting challenge and I mean there was a lot of challenges just with uh, trying to portray Ray uh, and stay somewhat consistent to Daisy Ridley's vocal performance because she does have such a specific and notable delivery. And she is sort of controlled in the tonation of the way that she delivers things. So I think for me, just really trying to harness that and work through the script in terms of inflections and where you're going to place those moments of extreme control, where it seems like, okay, she's, she's just got it. She's not even trying to figure it out anymore. Like in the beginning, when she is commanding the soldiers to take them to a different system. Uh, she just goes ahead and does it instead of, oh, I'm going to try this, hope it works. Mm -hmm. And so playing with that and then finding those moments of juxtaposition where she often, where she is with Poe, but where you can play it up a little bit more so that it's sort of a clear contrast to mm -hmm. emphasize both. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. It seems like Poe is kind of the only one that can get under her skin, can kind of yeah. find that chink in her armor, <laughs> uh, which is obviously very telling. Yeah. Yeah, and this is also something that as I was going through, I felt a, a real sense of emotion. Uh, you have kind of the splitting up of the team once again, where Finn and Rose, they go off on their own, you know, side mission. And, and then, of course, uh, Poe, Ray, and Chewie go off to find this mythical planet, right? From this other, yeah. you know, quote unquote force user. Um, I mean, so how did you feel about, and not necessarily like your opinion on what, like the direction the script went, but what was your initial response to this story that's going off on a Poe and Ray adventure? It felt very uh, nostalgic. Um, to me, I felt like it mirrored a lot of the Han Solo Leia situations um especially because i think there are a lot of parallels that can be drawn between paul and han solo and even just in you know his sarcasm and his wittiness and how funny he thinks he is uh <laughs> and so it did really feel uh nostalgic to sort of bring that in and play with that but then i think there's an added layer here where ray has a little bit more power i think than consistently so she she is sort of the one taking the reins. She's the one saving the day. Yeah. Uh, even if it, even if he looks to think it's him. So it was, <laughs> it was interesting, but, but like I said, I think it, it comes together, comes together. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah. We don't want to get too, too far ahead of ourselves either, but you're absolutely right. I think it's, it's a very intentional callback to, mm -hmm. you know, have them in the millennium Falcon, just kind of figuring out things. And, uh, whereas Han Solo was very quick to call the shots and Leia didn't mm -hmm. challenge him as much. Uh, yeah. Poe's not getting the pass uh, yeah. in so many ways, not even from Chewie. So uh, yeah, it, it is neat that they, they take what's familiar and they try to flip it on its head a little bit just to freshen it up. Uh, it certainly made for a lot of fun. There was, there was some mm -hmm. good humor here in particular, just with uh, Chewie not really wanting to relinquish, <laughs> you know, his authority over the Falcon and all of that kind of stuff. So uh, yeah, a lot of fun to be had in this episode. I, Absolutely. I, I really think this, uh, this, I don't know what you call it, radio play, audio drama, whatever it is that Jamie's been cooking up. I think it's really starting to take shape and come together now that we're a few episodes in. Uh, I've been enjoying it 
honestly more than I was expecting. And and obviously, you know, your role is no small part of that. So right. uh, congratulations on, I, I think, keeping pace with all the other voice talent that we've brought in so far. I think that you're doing a great job. And I think that the project is is really shining right now. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And so your first time reading the script, you get to this part where I'm assuming is going to be a big portion of the second and third acts of this script. You get to this place where they're talking about Mortis. Now, when you read that, did, were you aware of this uh, this place <laughs> called Mortis or did you go back and do research or did you just see where the script was going to take you? Before the show started, just so the audience knows, we promised Shelby that we wouldn't dig deep on any like nerd <laughs> trivia stuff. So uh, we're we're calling an audible, and I, we're going to put her on the spot here just a little bit. So yeah, whether whether you're like an Uber fan of the expanded universe or not, um, this is kind of the turning point in the story. We we now have a direction. We know what the goal is for our our heroes at this point. So what did you make of that? Do you think this is where you wanted the story to go, and do you think it's going to open up some fun avenues for our heroes? Yeah, um, I think to, to answer your initial question, I. And thanks for calling me out. You promised you wouldn't. No, I did not know. Um, but I sort of pieced it together and um, recreated uh, sort of what I imagine to be uh, this place that is Mortis and, and the, the power that even just saying that has. Um, and I love the idea that you know nobody even thinks it's real and and to have them say, "Well, I I was meant to." Mm. So just like the weight of that, I think is super impactful as well. And so to then then carry that through, um, I think it is really a turning point. And um, without without saying too many things, I, I think it especially is a turning point for Ray. And it really it really does take that turn where she becomes the Jedi and the woman. Mm-hmm. Without saying, yep, too yep. Too yeah, it's okay to leave it there. It's okay. We can we can revisit this topic another time once we've had a bit more of the story. on yeah, well, I mean, I was I was super excited to get to that portion of this play, and I and I also have to say that you did amazing. It was so great to just you know listen to this audio drama, and then of course to finally meet you on this on this platform has been really cool because your performance was great. It was something I want to point out where it was it was still your own. It was still Shelby Hamley's performance of Ray. It wasn't some you know uh, imitation of actual Daisy Ridley's performance. And so that was that was really nice. It was also very reminiscent of uh, Alden Ehrenreich's performance of Han Solo, where it yeah. it was just enough of that what was already established, but you also made it your own, and you did so well on it. So just great job on doing that. Thank you, thank you so much. Yeah, it's a tough line to walk because you don't want it to veer into impersonation, where it now stands out. You know, when you're really trying to hit the Daisy Ridley isms too hard. Mm-hmm. But there were a handful of times throughout the episode where I could hear just a a cadence or a rhythm to how you approached a line or something that I thought, Oh yeah, there's a, there's a sense of Ray in that. But at the same time, because you've kind of carved out your own niche and you've said, you've, you basically made it clear that we're not trying to mimic Daisy Ridley outright. Um, you just forget about that and you let your performance stand on its own, you know, right from the get go. And I think that actually works pretty well, you know, in this forum because, uh, because she has a heavier accent because she has a, just a very distinct character that has been so prominent in this trilogy. I don't think it would have worked as well. You know, if you'd tried to really dig deep on, um, you know, the, the Daisy version of Ray. So, um, I thought that you walked the line perfectly and, you know, it, it wasn't distracting or there wasn't anything about it that didn't feel like, you know, the character that we are hoping to check in on. So yeah, it's all working good. Great. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> 
I got a I got a question for you before we uh, call yeah. it a night. How did you get involved with the project? Did you know Jamie from somewhere else, or how did no. you cross paths? Um, so the performer um, Armand, who plays Finn, uh, mm-hmm. we are actually in a mentalism show together. Um, mm. So we perform together, and he is friends with Jamie. So okay. he had initially approached Armand about this role um, and about this project, and Armand just sort of casually mentioned to me one day, "Hey, if you." Uh, you're interested i'll give you jamie's email and i ended up emailing jamie and i i read a few different sides for different characters for him thinking oh i'll probably just i'd be happy to be involved sure <laughs> and uh then he, he told me he would want to cast me as ray which was very exciting and a little scary awesome <laughs> but it's been really fun so did you want to plug your mentalism show is there a link or anything you can point people to yeah, so our mentalism show and our, our mentalism group is called Beyond Mental Borders. Uh, so we are at beyondmentalborders.com or on Instagram, we post all of our updates, uh, which is just at beyondmentalborders.com. Uh, and we have some other exciting projects coming up as well that are sort of a, a spinoff of that, but more to come on that, I suppose. Yeah. Okay. Well, people yeah. can go to beyondmentalborders.com if they want to check out your stuff. Perfect. Thank you so much. Very good. Well, until we meet back with our heroes in the next installment of Duel of the Fates, this is Zach Logan signing off from the Resistance.